Hello, and welcome to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. If you're growing your photography or creative business, you're in the right place. Each week, we deliver a workshop-style solo show, expert interview, or motivating story from our community, so you can tune in to find encouragement, motivation, and ideas to help the right people find you and your amazing work. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting. I'm a photographer and coach, and my favorite thing is helping dangerous creatives just like you stand out in a world that just wants us to blend in. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Well, hey, and welcome back to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. I'm very excited to have Carolina Guzik today with me on the podcast. Not only is she a photographer, but she is the host of the Tog Republic podcast, which is amazing. I've been on as well. So I'm so excited to have her here today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about podcasting, but mostly about social proof versus social doubt and how to make sure you're looking out for both of those in your business. So Carolina, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. Always lovely to chat with you. I have a big smile for people that can see us right now. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to introduce about yourself, how you got started with your business, any of that, just to give people some context for who you are and where you are and all of sure. that? Sure. So I've been a wedding and family photographer for, I believe, I don't know, 12 years, 13 years full time. I think like I started before that I had um a job in advertising and it was really fun but you know one thing led to another and I became a photographer and <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time I am based in Miami and because I love the you know I went to school for mass communications and advertising so I love that kind of like part of business a couple of years ago a little bit before the pandemic I, I'm so bad with years I don't know which year it is I don't know how old I am like I don't know what's happening I'm <laughs> just blends together at some point exactly <laughs> so a couple of years before the pandemic I decided to start a podcast about marketing and helping my fellow photographers with things that might be easier in my eyes but for other people are not and also to have interviews with amazing people like you because I love chatting so why not have like public conversations so yes that's what I do it's so fun I love that um I mean before we hop into our topic can you tell me uh your favorite thing about podcasting and maybe your least favorite thing about podcasting or things people don't know about about the behind the scenes so my favorite thing about podcasting is like it really opens the door to connect with other people, right? Like if you were to do kind of like cold calling, which we're not doing, but like just sending my random email, right? Let's say that I don't have a podcast, but I've been following you and I'm like, hey, I would love to chat with you today. No, ma'am, I'm busy, right? <laughs> but if I said like, hey, I have a podcast, I would like to chat with you. So like other people can learn about you and what you do then it opens doors because people love that. So I think that has been easier to connect with fellow creatives and people in the industry thanks to the podcast. Obviously, I love to talk. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be like a news anchor. So I think this fulfills that (laughs) that dream of mine (laughs) to like interview people. So those are my favorites. And my least favorites are editing. I mean, which I don't do that much editing, but you know, you, you want to be good and you want to have a blog post about the podcast. Sometimes just want to like upload it and forget about like all the little extra, like create, you know, like a little beautiful image. So you can post it on your social media and you can give your, you know, your in 
the person that you're interviewing some material so they can also help you promote the podcast. So I think that part, I don't like it. And maybe I should outsource it because why not? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Goals. Outsource the things that take too much time that we don't like as much, right? Absolutely. (laughs) I should follow my own advice. (laughs) Okay. So let's introduce our topic for today, which is social proof versus social doubt. And Mm -hmm. I feel like these are terms we hear, maybe not so much the social doubt, but could you define for us, just in case anyone hasn't heard these terms before, what social proof is before we kind of dig into why we need it and how to do it. And then um, in your head, what like social doubt is. Sure. So social proof are you know, reviews when you have been featured in other places, pretty much a third party saying that or supporting that what you do is good, right? So the easiest thing will be reviews. If you are a photographer or in any other industry that you can be featured in other people's blogs, and then you have like the little batch like I've seen on, I don't know, blog, Forbes, what have you, Chuchurumeca website. I don't know. (laughs) You can have all these little things that when people see you, they're like, oh, if this person has been featured in X, Y, and C, must be that their content they're creating is good because some Mm -hmm. other people are interested in that. If somebody comes to your website and then see tons of reviews from your clients and be like, oh, Susie here has something really good to say about her. So she must be good at what she does. So that is social proof. And we want that in our business because it's really easy to talk about ourselves, but that is not as strong as somebody else talking about our business, obviously in a positive light. Or oh, it could be even like a bad light because I mean, that's still, that is social proof in the negative way, right? When somebody's like, oh, don't do business with that person. And then you're like, oh, you know, like bad reviews at a restaurant. You don't want to go eat there. Yeah, exactly. I know. And those, sadly, those carry so much more weight than the positive uh, ones too. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I was actually today with my husband, we, we were doing some errands and I'm like, let me see the reviews of this place. And like, I immediately go to like the one star review he's like why would you do that I'm like I want to start with like the negative to assess if this is like good reviews or like you know bs reviews because sometimes the negative reviews are like really bs reviews but I'm like that's how I like to start my search for things with my negative reviews and maybe if I'm like that maybe a lot of people out there is like that so yes I know most consumers make a lot of their buying decisions based on reviews. I know for restaurants like Yelp mm-hmm. has been super helpful. So definitely social proof testimonies, things like that can be so powerful for your business for sure. Absolutely. It's like someone else co-signing, right? Being like, I yes. recommend that person. That is exactly what it is. It's a third party telling you, yes, the decision that you're about to make is the right decision. Yes, totally. Okay. And then social doubt. I feel like, did you coin this phrase? I need to know. I actually saw this in like an article that I was reading and I'm like, this is brilliant. And I have like, I have thought about it, but like, I didn't have like a concept, right? Like I didn't have a name for it. And social doubt is when people actually come to your website or, you know, interact with your brand and they have questions because they can find the social proof, right? So they're like, why this person has no reviews? Now I have doubts about it. Now I don't want to do business here. Why this restaurant has no reviews? It's been open for three months. How come? Mm, something smells fishy. 
even though nothing smells fishy, but you know, like immediately the brain is looking for those red flags. So we need to avoid that in our brand. We need to be super proactive and not only be like, oh, well, I don't have any reviews. Nobody has given me anything. Well, then we need to find other ways to make sure that when somebody interacts with your business, they don't have social doubt. So there's many ways to do this. Because we're all looking, I mean, some some of us more than others, but we're all looking to stay safe, to make good decisions, right? And so we're always kind of on high alert for, all right, where does something not make sense? Where is something not lining up? So Absolutely. I think this conversation is so important because you can... Um, you can do proactive things to make your brand more trustworthy, and you can look out for things that are accidentally sending red flags to people that you might not be aware of. So, <laughs> yes, and I think that's a tricky part because sometimes we don't think that us not doing something, it's actually like you know like waving that little red flag we're like oh that's nothing nobody cares about this when in reality it's like perception of people are so important and that could be like a little red flag that is actually you know can hurt your business even though you're like I haven't done anything to hurt my business totally yeah I know like um like ah uh, I have a Facebook page you're gonna call me out for having a social doubt mm. a Facebook page that was for my business that used to be great and so I'm sure if someone came onto my Facebook page and was like, is this person still in business? Like she hasn't posted and it's probably better that I just take it down or, you know, push all my things from Instagram because I'm like, that's like a little tiny red flag, right? And you don't even think about it. You're like, who's using Facebook these days? Well, there's going to be one person or two and they're going to go immediately to that thing that, as you mentioned, they're like, she hasn't posted in three years. This person is no longer in business when you are like thriving somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to pick our battles, right? But also now it's so easy to, you know, as you said, just push from Instagram into Facebook. You don't even have to be there. The people just need to see that you are active. And literally you don't have to do anything. It's just a button that you activate on your account. Totally. Okay. So we're going to make this one super actionable. We're going to line out some things you can do today to boost your social proof and then some things to look out for. Carolina has an amazing list of things to like double check and go back through like my old Facebook account and make sure that there's nothing that's kind of like warning, warning, warning. Okay. So let's start with social proof. What are some of um, your favorite things to see from a business and maybe ways that you utilize social proof for your business? Okay, let's start with the easiest one, right? Sometimes people don't even know about this or don't consider this social proof. But if you have a website, for example, and you don't even have a button to go to your Instagram, that could people wondering, like, is this person in social media? What's up, right? So now... Here is an advice. Don't have those buttons at the top of your website because that is like prime real estate. You don't want people to be kicked out of your website. Have those buttons at the bottom, you know, just a little, you know, a little place in the bottom of your footer, but at least have them there because people are constantly looking at websites and then being like, well, socially, I hang out on Instagram. I want to see if this person is on Instagram because now they're going to start making assumptions, right? Want to make sure that any assumptions people make are positive right we don't want any you know social doubt so we're gonna have those on the website you can do that today immediately after this conversation second thing obviously will be to have reviews from your clients what do you do what are you collecting these reviews so for my own business for example i collect all my reviews in google reviews 
the reason why, because that also helps me with my SEO. So I want to, you know, be as proactive and as efficient within my business as possible. What do I do with those reviews after? I don't post every single review on my website. That will be a lot. And that will be also really boring for people that visit my website. So I'm going to gather my favorite reviews. And again, I'm not going to post the whole thing, right? Most of these reviews are lengthy, right? Three, four paragraphs. Nobody's going to read that. We're going to do it like the movies. When you go see a movie, it's just like, oh, has more action than, I don't know, what have you, right? It's only one line. So I'm going to grab the best line of that review that speaks to my brand. And I'm going to post it on my website with the name of the couple, hopefully a photo. And then if I want to, I'm going to link to that big review on Google Review. Right. So that is something that is really, really important. Whatever your business it is, whether you're a photographer, you're a creative, whatever you do, people want to hear or they want to see or they want to read that you are the right person for them. And as I mentioned before, you can write a beautiful about page about you and have all these beautiful images that showcase what you're saying. But when you have another person, a third person kind of like confirming that you are the right photographer, business owners, you know, insert whatever you do, then that allows for that kind of like social proof to like stand out. So that's, that takes a little bit longer because you need reviews, you need to collect reviews, but you need to start, right? So if you are already collecting reviews, you can also do that today, go and pick your favorite and start kind of like adding them through your website. I don't only have a review page on my website, but if you go to my homepage, it starts with a review. If you go to my pricing page, it starts with a review that is relatable to pricing. If you go to like my portraits collections or what have you, there is a review that speaks about that aspect of my business. So that's easier to do. And obviously make sure that every single time that you have an interaction with a client, especially the best interactions that you have, you ask for that review. Now, if you feel shy about it, if you feel unsure about it, you just have to like jump. You have to do it, right? And there's many easy ways to do it. You can just like ask, let's say, for example, Kristen, that you were my client and you tell me that you love your photos. Then I could be like, oh my God, I'm so happy you love your photos. Could you please leave me a review and talk about the best part of the session or talk about your favorite photo? So that way I'm giving you kind of like a prompt. So it's not so overwhelming to write a review. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think it's it's easy to forget that most people are kind of busy in their own life. It's not that they didn't mean to leave us a review. They just didn't think about it. And so kind of prompting or if someone's really excited, just be like, hey, this would really help me a lot if you are cool with that. And I love that tip on giving a little um, a little prompt or an mm-hmm. idea of what they could talk about to make it easier for them. Absolutely. If you just like send an email being like, oh, if you love your gallery, please leave me an amazing review. That seems so daunting. And as you say, people forget. They're just like, yeah, so my gallery is beautiful. My kid is crying or like I need to work or what have you. They will forget about it. So I always remind them. Now, I don't push it, right? I ask one time on the email that I send with the gallery. The second time on, you know, I always have like a little bit of back and forth with my clients via text message. So like if I see them, they're overly excited. Then I was like, hey, could you please, you know, it will be lovely if you leave me a review. And after that, that's it. I don't ask anymore. Then I move to the next client. 
You want all your clients to leave a review, but the reality is like not all of them are going to do it, right? There is so, and just put yourself in their shoes. Like there is so many items that I buy every month that I love from like my eye cream to like, I don't know, special items for my kitchen. And I always get an email. Could you please leave us a review? I have never left a review. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I don't love the product. It's because I'm busy. Like I forget. So sometimes, you know, put yourself in the shoes of your clients. Um, and yes, not everybody's going to leave you a review, but you can, you know, there is that special relationship with some clients that you can actually push a little bit and be like, Hey, you promised me a review. Where is it? So just, you know, yeah. you know, your clients make sure with which ones could you have a little bit of banter about, you know, reviews or something like that. I know. I think about that with, with podcasts, you know, every podcaster wants more reviews because they're like, that's how, that's how you get social proof as a, as a podcast. And then I listen to so many podcasts that I've never reviewed. So I'm promising everyone I'm going to go leave reviews (laughs) because that like, it really does make your podcaster so happy. So I'm going to go do it for my favorite podcasts. So um, absolutely. And if you are in an industry where like other people are also receiving reviews, like for example, I'm a wedding photographer. When you actually leave reviews on venues, florists, wedding planners, most likely they're going to come back to you and leave you a review. So you don't have to be like, oh, if you, if I do it, you do it. You don't, you're not going to do that. But like, if you mention like, hey, I love your work. I just left you a review. Most likely they're going to come back and leave you a review. So if you want reviews, also getting to the routine of leaving reviews for other people. Yes, totally. That's really good advice. Well, what other kinds of social proof? Um, and, you know, it could be for one industry specifically or just across the board helps kind of boost your brand or create a little bit of buzz or give clients that extra trust that you know what you're doing. So another one is really being into another, you know, blog or podcast or things like that. Like, so for example, let's talk about podcasting, right? So now you, now I'm on your, on your podcast, you have been on my podcast. So like the right thing for me is to go into my own podcast page and put a link to this podcast and be like, Hey, I have also been interviewed here. So it's like, oh, it makes sense. If you are, for example, a wedding photographer and you get featured in any big publication, whether it is a blog post or an actual magazine, most of the times they have an actual, you know, logo that you can put on your website. And that is really, you know, in some industries it's bigger than others. But even if you are a coach, a creative, and you have been featured, I don't know, in Forbes or in any other big magazine, you can just be like, hey, can I have a logo? put it on your website and have a link to your interview from that website so that it's also like old school, you know, social proof that, oh, I have been seen in this magazine or what have you. So that's always good to have. Yeah, I know it's old, it's old school, but it still is like, it works. Yeah. It's still, yeah. It still works. And it still is just kind of that when I see like the Forbes logo on someone's website or something like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, they know what they're talking about. They're not just like a TikToker telling me how to invest my money and I'm going to exactly. end up being like broke tomorrow or whatever. <laughs> so I think it's really important because again, it could be tricky, right? Anybody could go and grab the Forbes logo and put it on their website. I think it's really important that you link to whatever you have been featured. So if somebody clicks on that website, it's not like a dead end, like, "Mm, okay, you have a logo, but like, where is this interview? Like I can find it. So make sure that you have a link. That's also great for SEO. So I always love to, again, 
be as good with my choices in my website as possible. So this is going to help social proof and also uh, your SEO. Yes, totally, totally. And I, you kind of mentioned it in passing, but the cross-promoting of like two people that have a similar audience that share with each other, like it might not be a huge way, but you're social proofing with each other's audience. Like, hey, this is a person that we trust, we like, we want to talk to them, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And you will see like at the beginning, you know, sometimes, um, especially for like business or podcast, things like that, people are like, oh, you like, right now I cannot be your guest or something like that because they feel that you don't have enough social proof. And as you start collecting these things, you will see like people are way more open to be like, oh, this person has been on like 20 different podcasts. Absolutely, I want to be on her podcast or I want to have her on my podcast. So all these things really help. It is a marathon, not a sprint. So some things are going to take longer than others. Just be patient. But you know, keep collecting one by one, you're adding into your website. And as you add, you will also see that as you, you know, as you add, and as you grow that maybe some things you're like, Oh, this was fun, six years ago. And I'm so proud that I did that interview. But maybe now I can just remove that logo from my website, because I have, quote unquote, better ones. And I know that sounds not so great. But that is the reality of things, right? Like, as a wedding photographer, I remember I getting published in any blog that I got published, I got super, super excited. So I had tons of like little uh, logos on my website. And then as my brand grew and I got better at what I do, I was like, okay, I'm so grateful for this blog. But now I just need to keep it a little bit more, you know, oriented into the audience that I want to reach. Totally. Those are really great points. Okay. So that's social proof. We got the website, we have social media, we have reviews. Google pages. I loved that you mentioned Google pages and SEO and making that work for you too. Uh, Cross-promoting features and links and things like that. Those are all great ways to just like key to your your potential clients. Like, hey, this is someone that knows what they're doing, that has experience, that's trustworthy. They just kind of like boost that for people a little bit to help when they're making decisions. Um, And I love that you mentioned putting them all over, all through your website too. One trick that I learned is just like anytime someone's in a place where they need to make a decision, like to reach out to you or to click the buy link or to click the subscribe, anytime you can put a testimony in a place where someone's having to make a decision that can really, really help too. Yep. And those are the things that you kind of like can control, right? There's things that that are a little bit that take a little bit more work and that you really have no control because it's like what people say about you right like so if you network a lot how do you present yourself to others how do people feel about you you know at meetings and things like that or like get togethers or meetups that is quote unquote also social proof but it's not gonna be on your website it's not gonna be on your social media but it's what people are saying about your business you know in literally network events and things like that so always make sure that you know you're showing up as your best whenever you go. Totally. I love that you brought that up. Um, I'm, I know like you, my reputation, the way <laughs> I like act is really, really important to me because you know how quickly things spread. If, if like, you know, you don't represent your best self. So I think that people that's- won't leave you that negative review, but they will talk about it and be like, oh, I didn't like this and I didn't enjoy doing this or she or he did this to me. And now I would never recommend that person. That's that's a lot. You don't want that. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, yes, 
always be, always be your best self, most authentic (laughs) self. That's just good advice across the board. You know, people remember when you show up with mean girl energy, we're going to keep things nice, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. And there is that famous quote that I'm probably going to butcher, but like people forget what you did, but know what you make them feel or people forget what you said, but know how they felt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. People remember how you make them feel. I, I mean, you know, not to go, not to go uh, down a path, but my husband knows that I often spiral and I'm like, what if someone misperceived this one moment and now they think this or whatever? Cause it does, it just matters so much to me that people feel good or whatever. So um, anyways, you're I- an overthinker like me. I love yeah. it. Like if we could raise hands for anyone listening, I'm like, oh, overthinking is the biggest thing I hear from creative. So I want to tell you about the program that has saved me so much time over the years as an entrepreneur, and that is 17 Hats. 17 Hats is made specifically for solo creative business owners, just like you and me, and it lets me automate a lot of my contracts, my invoices, my emails, my workflows, so I just get so much time back during the day. I don't know how I ran a business for so long without it. If freedom and delivering a excellent client experience is important to you, I highly recommend jumping in and checking out 17 Hats. You can sign up for free at 17hats.com, but also if you use our code DANGEROUS, you get 50% off your first year when you sign up for a plan. So check it out at 17hats.com and get back to doing the things that you love in your business. Let's talk about social doubt and some ways that we can avoid that or, you know, go and check up on ourselves and be like, okay, is there anything that is maybe creating some doubt for people? Remind us what social doubt is and then maybe give us some examples. So social doubt is when somebody interacts with your brand and they feel unsure about it. They're like, I don't know, something doesn't sit right or I don't feel comfortable enough with this brand. And this could be things that you actually, as a brand owner, perceive. You you know that you're like, oh, I need to work here or there or things that you're completely oblivious about it. Like, for example, you never thought about adding reviews to your website, even though you have, you're like, oh, I never thought about like cross using them. So that could be one. Another one could be like, for example, you have the dates on your blog post that you haven't blocked in a long time. And you haven't blocked because you're so busy with your life and your business. But somebody goes to your blog post and they see the last time that you blogged was 2020 or what have you. They're like, it's been three years. This person is no longer in business. When the reality might be that you're actually really busy, just having had time to do that. So we need to remove all these little things. So talking about blog posts, don't add your dates. If you go to my blog, you cannot find when I wrote that thing. And that's really good because then people don't have that doubt, right? People come to my blog and they read an article and they don't know if I wrote this yesterday, last week or a year ago, but most likely they're not wondering, right? They're not actually thinking about like, where is the red flag? They're just like, oh, this is really good information. They're not saying like, oh, this was really good information five years ago, even though it's still relevant for today. Immediately, if I were to have a date, they're like, this was good five years ago, not today. No, it's still good today. Just don't give that little red flag that people might have. Totally. No, that's a great point. Because yeah, I think we, 
Um, I know when I go to hire someone and it could be just like a random, you know, someone to mow the lawn or whatever, if something hasn't been updated in years, then you, you do you, I think you said this on your podcast of like, are you going to run away with my money and like not do the service that you say you're going to do? Um, and it's just, it's because like they didn't post in a while, which, you know, exactly. it's kind of, it's kind of silly, but I guess it makes sense. It just like puts that little thing of doubt in your head. It is. Or if you go into somebody's social media, right, you go into Instagram and you're like, they haven't posted in a while. I, it hasn't happened to me, but in my mind, I have it all figured out. Like if I'm going to take a sabbatical or something happened when I know that I need some time off, I would put the first photo that I would upload and I will pin to the top will be like, I will come back in six months. Like I will let them know. So like when they land on my website, they know what's happening. I know this could be very time consuming or maybe it's something really private, but you don't have to give the reasons why you're not on social media. You could be like, hey, taking a short break, I'll come back in December 2024, whenever, right? But at least letting people know because there is nothing worse than going into somebody's page and trying to see if that business is still going and then you don't get a reply, you don't get any notification and it is actually worse. When you have your future clients chasing you and not hearing for you now you're not only not serving them but now you're also giving them reasons to like really talk about your business in the not like in a very not beautiful way right and I will give you an example there is this product that I love and seems that they went out of business they haven't posted for like two years and if you go to like this Instagram page people on the comments constantly ask like what happened to you where are you zero replies nothing I think that your audience, they don't deserve like a detailed explanation, but they do deserve like a little, hey, sorry, we're out of business. We're not doing this anymore. That's it. Totally. And I love the kind of away message too. Like, sure, all of us need a break at some point, but um, people do, when when they're left to fill in the blanks, Mm. they fill in the blank with the worst possible thing like she died she (laughs) she like closed her business like this you know we we like to fill in the blank with the worst case scenario instead of just like oh this person needed a social media break and that's totally fine everyone does you know (laughs) absolutely it's you as you mentioned you don't want a third party filling the blanks of your story you don't want them to do that. You want to take control of the narrative and really be like, this is actually what's happening. Or again, you're like not aware of social doubt and you're like, who cares? Nobody's paying attention to this. When in reality, I do think people pay attention to that. I do think uh, that sometimes or most of the times we overthink it about social media. And for example, we're like, oh, I can post that photo because I posted it like six months ago. Not that I think that like nobody's paying attention to that. But if you go MII, then people will notice that. Yes. Yeah, totally. Can you think of some things off the top of your head just like Say I totally forgot about my Facebook page that I started in 2019. Like, what are some things to put on our mental checklist to go back and be like, hey, what makes it look like I went silent and maybe I just wasn't thinking about this? So first thing will be to check what what kind of social media accounts do you have that you really don't use where people actually interact? Because I love Pinterest, right? Everybody knows that I even have a Pinterest class and all that. If you go missing on Pinterest, nobody's going to notice because... That's not an account where people go to interact with other people. If you go missing on Instagram, people are going to notice. So are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Are you on TikTok? 
what are you that people that you haven't posted in a while that you can either go and close that account or if you had that account for fun and it is not related to your business then who cares that doesn't matter but if you are a business then you need to pay attention to those accounts if you're on facebook i know that almost nobody still uses facebook but have just your Instagram automatically posted on Facebook. So even though you're not like interacting in the comments, at least people will see that you're posting and then they can fill in the blank with like, oh, she's on Instagram. Let me go to Instagram and see what's happening there. So at least you have that. The second thing is, you know, as I mentioned, your website. How often do you update your website? You don't need to be crazy and updated every two months I think that's too much but I do believe that at least once a year you need to take a look at your website and be like what needs to go because no longer represents my brand or because I have outgrown it you know as a as an artist what have you and remove those things and add new content and once you're in your website you can start thinking about like okay if somebody lands on my website, do I have enough social proof? Do I need to add reviews? Do I need to add little logos? Because you don't want social doubt to creep in into the people watching your, you know, your brand. Totally. Yeah. I, I think also I have to remind myself if I have any dates on my website, like I know for a while my inquiry form be like now booking 2022 to 2023 mm, weddings, you that. know. And I've seen people's websites where like, you still have 2019, like on your website as you're, you know, just make sure you update your dates, make sure you like still look like, you know, what's going on and that you're checking things. (laughs) Yes. It's always good to do that. Uh, And I know, yeah, I know we forget. We're like, we put it on the website, whatever, but you know, go take a look at your website and see what are things that look dated that you can update or you can actually remove. So you don't have to deal with that. Like, as I mentioned before, one of the easiest things is like remove dates from your blog post. That way you can go a whole year without writing anything and nobody's going to know. That's a great line. It reminds me me of the audio. They're going to know. Nobody's going to (laughs) know. Like the little TikTok audio. So like, you know, check with yourself. What are people really going to notice and what they're not going to notice? Same thing. If you haven't seen or received reviews in a while, I don't think that people will see that you haven't received reviews in a while but if you have zero reviews then people that's you know doubt a little bit so make sure that you try to add reviews and you don't have to get reviews every week but at least you know at least for one year you know for the same year that you are in at least get one that has you know the date for the year that we are in so I think that that would be a good thing to have yeah, you mentioned your Google business profile. And I'm like, yeah, I need to go update those photos, make sure there's a current review on there. Cause it can be easy to just be like, I did that, you know. It's and- so funny. Cause the other day I was checking this photographer that is like amazing. And I ended up in their Google review and I'm like, this is not the same person. What is going on here? I think that they have the photos from like their first year in business, like 18 years ago. And I'm like, they need to come and check this out because this is crazy. Because again, you don't want somebody that is looking for your brand. I myself, I go immediately to reviews and then see like these photos that are really dated that you no longer do. And for them to think that this is your current, you know, style. Totally. So we need to anticipate all these little things before they happen. You don't want to have to like explain yourself. Another thing that happens on websites, if you have your pricing and you haven't checked your pricing and then you get an inquiry and then you, you know, send your pricing and then they're like a sticker shock. They're like, oh my God, in your website says that, I don't know, a family session is $200. And now 
I get this pricing and it's like over a thousand. Why are you lying to me? Why are you trying to take advantage of me? And then you have to be like, oh my God, I haven't updated my website in six years. So yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Making because- sure things are congruent and they match what's currently happening, right? Absolutely. Because once again, if something like that were to happen, the person on the other end, yes, obviously they might understand they're like, okay, but now they have that little like icky feeling like this is not what I wanted. I saw something on your website and you give me something else. It's on you to have your website updated, not on me to pay now a different price than what I saw on your website. So we don't want any of that uh, friction with future clients. Yes. Yes. And, um, even like, well, this maybe doesn't apply to photographers, but there were certain places when we were traveling where it would totally be on Apple Maps that they were open or they were open these times and then they aren't. It was like Google Maps said something totally different. So I think even just like, it's good to Google yourself every once in a while. If you run a business, like what weird old wedding wire account Tumblr is still like pinging when I Google myself and what do I need to double check here? That is a fantastic tip because I think that very few people actually in any industry Google themselves. So like you need to go and make sure that what's showing up is current also. Because you can even like if you have an interview perhaps that you don't like anymore or something like that, you can reach out to them and be like, hey, could you please remove this? I mean, I don't know. It's up to them to do it, but at least you can try, you know, if there is something that you don't like. So it's always nice to see what what comes up, at least on that first page of Google. Yes. Like, oh, that comes up. That was so long ago or whatever. So amazing. Well, cool. Any other things that we need to think about around this topic or anything to kind of leave our listeners with today if they're going and updating their social proof and they're, you know, double checking for the social doubt? I think that from after listening to this podcast, I mean, there is tons of actionable steps, but I think that I want to like be on the back of your minds always just to be like every year to do a little search like, what could be some spaces where people might doubt about my my talent or my ability to do this job or something like that? And then how could you correct that, right? Again, for some people could be reviews, but in any industry could be something completely different. Like if you have a hotel and you renovated the hotel, it could be just photos, right? So what's that in your business that you need to go and correct so people actually don't have the wrong image or filling the blank with their own narrative about your business, because that's what we're trying to avoid. I love this topic. And I feel like I also want to leave with the um, with asking you this question. If people are feeling self-conscious, thinking like, I can't brag about myself. I can't put these things. I can't put testimonials on my website. I can't put these things because it's going to make me look like I think I'm this, you know, big headed person. Like, what would you say to those people that are like, oh, <laughs> well, I would say that what you don't do for your business, nobody else is going to do it. So that's the first thing. So you need to feel comfortable and get comfortable with talking about your business in a positive way, because you are not just doing it for the sake of doing it. You're doing it to solve somebody else's problem, whatever business you're in, photography, you know, consulting, travel, you're solving somebody else's problem. So that will be the first thing. Get comfortable with talking good about yourself and your business. And the second thing, technically testimonials is not you talking great about yourself. It's somebody else talking great about yourself. So I have no problem by a third party talking great about myself. I'm just like, showing you what other people think about myself so yes you just have to get comfortable 
we are in business. I think that if you are bragging for the sake of bragging, if you're saying just like, I'm the best, I am the greatest, that could, that could, that sounds a little bit like, okay, well, show me. But if you are really good at what you do when you have, you know, the testimonials to prove that you have helped other people, then go ahead, go, go have fun showing people what you do and why people love working with you. Yes, I love that. And you're, you're, um, you're helping someone else to feel good about a decision they're making. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. You're like reinforcing their good decisions. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, Carolina, thank you so much for being on the podcast. There are so many nuggets. I'm going to go Google myself after this, make some adjustments. So thank you for being on. If people want to connect with you or the work that you do, can you show us how to connect with you on the internet? Absolutely. People can find me on thetalkrepublic.com and that is togrepublic.com. They can find me on Instagram under the same at thetalkrepublic. And from there, they can see, you know, my photography page, which is carolinagusic.com. So come on over to my podcast. I love to have good conversations about marketing. They are mostly for photographers, but hey, use your imagination and apply those tips into your business. It will work. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on and thanks everyone for tuning in again to the Dangerous Creatives Podcast. Thank you. This episode was produced and edited by the lovely Jen Madigan Creative. Music for this episode was written and recorded by Jamie Lono and Shammy D. Thanks for being part of our Dangerous Creatives Podcast community and we'll see you again next time.